the rough, Edmonton. The Elks are on the board. There it is. In the rough, Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. Cornelius will throw to the outside to Shy Ross. At the 10, to the 5. In the rough, Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. It's Antler Up, Episode 3. Let's go. Guest this week is uh, defensive back Aaron Grimes. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing pretty damn good. How about yourself? I'm, uh, I'm very good. Uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, eight, 95 games in the Canadian Football League. Whew. 79 dressed in green and gold. You feel old? Uh, you just made me feel like it, I, but I, I feel young to. still. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> 79, though, in green and gold. So Edmonton's obviously uh, uh, the mainstay for your, where you've been for most of your CFL career. Go back to 2013. A young Aaron Grimes walking into Edmonton for the first time for his first training camp. What do you remember about that? Oh, man, I remember being nervous. Um, Everything was so different, right? It's a different country, even though it's not very different. But it just, back then, my phone didn't work without Wi-Fi. You know, I hate to age myself. Uh, But I just wanted an opportunity to play. And I remember Edmonton being the place that gave me that opportunity. Here I am, nine years later, um, moving my family up here. I mean, this place has been amazing to me ever since 2013. It's kind of cool how it grabs a hold of some guys, right? And they just want to be here full time. Yeah. And it it does. And I never thought when I first got up here, I didn't think that, you know, I was just here to uh, continue my playing career. Now I'm here because I love it. I love Edmonton, love the community, love the fans, getting to know people like you over the years. I mean, it's been amazing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. All right, let's let's stick with 2013 for a little bit. That wasn't uh, you were a rookie, but man, that wasn't a fun year, was it? Uh, four and fourteen, uh, missed the playoffs, a lot of turmoil that year. Uh, you got hurt, right? Yeah, midway through the season in practice, as I recall. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember back then there was a nine game? Yep. And I got put on it for a lacerated liver. Uh, I got kicked in the ribs in practice, and it uh, caused a, a little cut in my liver. I was on the nine game injured list as a rookie. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> whew, it was rough. And and did you, you finish the season on the nine game, right? Or not? Did you come back and play? I think I played six games, got put on the nine game, um, spent one more game just getting back into shape because uh, there's nothing you can do for a liver. You just let it heal. And then, uh, yeah, I played the last two games of the season. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, they cleaned house and, Wow. Are we talking about last year or are we talking about 2013 still? <laughs> no kidding. Eh? And who'd they bring in after 2013? <laughs> Chris and Jones. They bring in after last year? We're going to get to that for Back sure and talk about uh, Chris Jones. Uh, before we get that, okay, so you're an Edmontonian now, right? You're gonna, your family's coming up. You're going to live here. Uh, before Edmonton became your home, uh, born and raised in Seattle or just born? Born and raised in Seattle, Washington, yep. What was that like? It was amazing. I love the city of Seattle. I'm a city boy. Um, just the diversity there. Um, obviously, so many memories. Um, that's home. Seattle's always going to be home for me. Um, you know, I still have my parents still live there, sister, brothers, uh, nieces and nephews. I mean, that's home. It uh, helped make me who I am today. Um, but, you know, obviously, as you grow up, man, you got to spread your wings. So here I am. It's a big football town too, right? Seahawks are pretty important there. College football is pretty big there too, right? Yeah, the University of Washington uh, grew up as a UW fan. Obviously didn't end up going there. Almost did. Um, and then, like you said, the Seahawks, especially lately, um, you know, with the Super Bowl win and things like that. So they love their sports. You know, RIP to my Seattle Supersonics, but hopefully we'll get those guys back soon. Got a hockey team now. Uh, the Mariners, obviously, grew up a huge baseball fan. So it's a pretty good city to be a part of. Have you? Did you get to a hockey game? 
I had I, I watched him play here against the yeah. Oilers, and the Oilers whooped him pretty good. Yeah, but I got to go show my support. Good. A lot of teams whooped them pretty good this year. <laughs> That's fair tough to year say. for an expansion team, uh, for sure. When did you first get interested in football? I was, I think, seven or eight. Um, my very first sport I played was baseball. I started playing that when I was six, um, and then signed up to play football when I was eight, and kind of just took off from there. Loved baseball. Thought I was going to be like the next Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro Suzuki. Um, but I got to high school and baseball got really boring and football, I, you know, I had a lot of friends playing football and I was doing well at it. And I had a high school football coach ask me if I was interested in track. He, he felt like if I worked on my speed, I'd have a legit chance of going to college for football. So I quit playing baseball, got into track and uh, probably the best decision I've ever made. I might not be sitting here talking to you if I didn't. Speed's one of your calling cards, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I got into football at a young age, and you know now at the age of 31, I've been playing football for 23 years now, and uh, I've got some more left in the tank. Were you? Uh, where'd you start? What position did you start at? I was a quarterback. Everybody wants to be a quarterback. Yeah, I was a Pop Warner quarterback, um, but <laughs> at the time, they don't snap the ball to the quarterback at, at that young. You just It's a direct snap to the running back, so I was like a fullback quarterback, I guess, <laughs> if you will. Played a little bit of defense, too, though. Uh, that's always been... I've always enjoyed hitting people more than getting hit, so that's that's where I am. That's why I am where I am. All right, you said uh, UW fan, mm-hmm. um, but you went to Idaho, right? Yeah, uh, you became a Vandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk me through that process. Uh, you were playing high school football, and how how heavily were you recruited? Man, uh, so I was getting letters from back then with the Pac-10. Uh, pretty much every Pac-10 school had some coaches come in and uh, speak with me and my athletic director. Um, you know, did the whole SAT thing, did all of that. And I actually committed to the University of Washington after my junior year of high school. Um, Tyrone Willingham was the coach. He got fired. They went 0-12 that year, brought in a new coach. But at, because I was already committed and a local kid, the athletic director honored my scholarship. Um, but I tore my meniscus my senior year of high school, and the new coach wanted me to gray shirt which means you don't even start school till January. So red shirt, you sit out, but you're still in school. Gray shirt, you sit out and you don't even go to school until the second semester. And I just felt like, you know, much like coming to Edmonton, I just want an opportunity. And he wasn't giving me an opportunity to prove that I can play football. Uh, so I decommitted. And throughout the process, once I committed to the UW, every Pac-10 school stopped talking to me. Like it was almost a shoe in They knew they didn't have a chance. But Idaho, for whatever reason, this small school in Moscow, Idaho, continued to come visit me and call me you know everything happens for a reason that's why I'm a firm believer in that decommitted from there called Idaho asked if my scholarship offer was still uh, on the table and they started singing the fight song on the phone I, I coach Livey and coach Carr I remember to this day because they were excited and uh, that's how I ended up at the University of Idaho I always thought that process you talked about getting letters from teams all over the place I always thought for a kid who's 16 17 18 mm-hmm. that's that's an overwhelming thing I would think for really good players because everybody wants you right and you got to make a really tough and important decision yeah it was it was really tough um like I said it was like I had like a shoebox worth of letters and uh, Still again have I think that they're at my grandparents house somewhere they were supposed to make a collage for me but anyways a whole shoe by Oregon State, Arizona State, uh, Cal. I mean, like I said, all you know. Um, but they weren't all scholarship offers, but they were interests, right? The coaches were coming and they were speaking to me. But I knew I wanted to go to the UW. I wanted to stay home. 
Um, that was my dream school. And uh, obviously things don't always go as planned, um, but you got to make the tough decisions in sports, right? So Yeah. What would you take in school? I was a – I went in as business, and I realized as an athlete – they say you're a student athlete, which you are, uh, but I couldn't do both. You know, I knew I wanted to play at a high level one day. So I actually uh, graduated with a major in general studies and a minor in communications. And um, But my real major, I think, was football, and, and that's why I am here. And, and you end up spending some time living in Moscow too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's funny how it works out, right? Right. You, you didn't even think about going there. You end up going there, and it becomes your home for a while. And, yeah. You know. I actually lived there. So I graduated in 2014. Um, I went back to school after my rookie year and graduated and lived there. So obviously for the nine or you know eight or nine years after I was done with school, I still lived there because... I uh, met my wife out there. She's from a small town in Idaho. I met her out there. We've got two beautiful daughters now. So it was easy living. Cost of living was cheap. Um, and we kind of made it home. Uh, I think last time, uh, not last time, but one of the times I remember talking to you in the offseason, uh, you're working for the city mm-hmm. in, in Moscow, sitting in your truck, and we had a conversation after you signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and I actually enjoyed that so much that I signed up last offseason as a seasonal uh, guy to help plow snow in the dump trucks. This uh, city supervisor, the street department, great dude. I became really good friends with him, and I let him know that I was interested, and he called me in whenever he needed help. And so, uh, you know, the more you can do, right? Football doesn't last forever, so I had to figure out, you know, what else was out there. I know you spent some time in the NFL in 2016, 2017. Uh, did you get any sniffs when you graduated? Uh, did, you, did you hit some rookie camp invites? I did. I had two. Um, one was to – the Green Bay Packers, and one was to the Seattle Seahawks. But at the time, I mean, I'm I'm 5'11 on a good day when I stretch, 185 pounds. And back then they had Brandon Browner, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor. They weren't – I didn't think they were really interested in a guy my size. They just offered it to me because I was a local guy. It's, it's sales in the media. So I went to Green Bay, and they didn't keep me either. <laughs> so, But it all works out, for, right, because two weeks later I signed here. Um and my old butt is still in the building, so it worked out. Uh, he did get some NFL time, and uh, he also won a great cup. And we'll talk about that coming up. More with Elks defensive back Aaron Grimes coming up. We're at the half of Antler Up right now, and we'll remind you that the Elks will play their first game of the regular season tomorrow in Vancouver against the BC Lions. It'll be on TSN and, of course, broadcast on 630 Chet Radio as well. Uh, myself and Dave Campbell will have the pregame show for you tomorrow at 630. Kickoff just after 8 from Vancouver. Uh, Elks finished up the preseason, of course, with a very disappointing loss at home to Calgary. 37-7 was the final score in the game. Uh, they finished 1-1 one one in the preseason. They, of course, had a 30-20 to 20 win in Winnipeg the week before. The roster has been picked. Players are ready to go. First regular season game goes tomorrow in Vancouver. Uh, the Elks will be home for the first time in the regular season coming up Saturday, June the 18th. This will be a good night against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a 7.30 start for that game. You can get uh, all your ticket information at Ticketmaster or at GoElks.com. Now, let's get back to Aaron Grimes. Where's your great cup ring right now? Where do you keep it? Oh, I can't tell you. You heard what happened to Eddie Steele. I can't let him know where my great cup ring is at. Well, you're not leaving in your glove compartment, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's in a safe place, though, but it's accessible. Um, I wear it to away games on away trips on the airplane. I, I like to show it off, and uh, hopefully I can get another one to put next to it. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Uh, something about the rings, eh? Like, I mean, they're just... They're, they're shiny, they're mm-hmm. expensive, they're nice to look at, and everybody wants to see them and, and try them on. How is it when, when people want to try them on? Do you get a little nervous? 
Uh, actually, I don't. I enjoy letting other people try it on because it's it's a symbol of of success for a lot of people, especially myself. You put that big heavy ring on; it's probably the most expensive, you know, item I own outside of a house. You know, uh, and it's nice. It uh, it's motivating for sure. My daughters like to wear them, but I gotta. They can't play with them too much, obviously. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe if we get another one, I let them wear them more often. Uh, we talked a little bit about 2013 earlier and uh, how similar 2013 was and going into 2014, how 2021 to 2022 is mm-hmm. with this football team. Uh, do you see that a lot? Uh, obviously, the, the the two main things are two bad seasons, lots right. of change, and Chris Jones coming in to take over. Yeah, and that's – I see a lot of it um, thinking back to, to uh, 2013, just – kind of the disconnect between, you know, the upstairs and the downstairs. Obviously, the on-field product was suffering. Um, a bunch of changes made. In comes, you know, Chris Jones and uh, a whole bunch of new faces, but guys who had fun together, guys who worked hard on the field, competed, got into fights every now and then, but off the field it was a family, and uh, guys who would run through a brick wall for Chris Jones. And I see that right now. You know, last year, obviously, all the changes – Chris Jones comes back to town, lots of new faces this year in the locker room, but also some familiar faces from the previous year. And honestly, a team full of players who are willing to run through a brick wall for their coaching staff. You had a lot of adversity that year. I mean, uh, you got kicked out of your stadium for training camp because Mm -hmm. of the the Women's World Cup. Uh, John White blows his Achilles in training camp. Yep. First game of the year, Michael Riley goes down with the bad knee injury. Uh, there was a lot that went wrong early in that season. Yeah. And somehow you guys just kept it all together and ended up winning 10 straight games in the Grey Cup. That was quite a ride. It was an incredible ride to watch. I yeah. can't imagine being in the middle of it like you were. Yeah. No, that was, like you said, that was crazy. Um, but a good thing that this staff does is we it, there's depth, right? So... Guys go down, and first of all, you want to battle harder for guys like that, right? You see like a Mike Riley and a John White go down, two guys who you could say, you know, were kind of a heart and soul of, of their positions. So then you want to go a little extra hard for them, but then there's also depth behind them, you know, guys who can step in and play. And, uh, you know, I, looking back on that year, it's crazy that we ended up where we did, but, I mean, we earned it, you know, and hopefully we do the same thing this year. What's your, what's your biggest memory of Great Cup Sunday in 2015? Oh man, winning! I guess. I is, there, is there a moment that you remember more than any other? I remember for me, I, watching from where I was. I'll always remember uh, Matt O'Donnell picking up Mike Riley at the end of the game and lifting <laughs> him up on that final play. Is there is there something that you remember? I remember being on the sideline and uh, still a young player, right? So I wasn't I, didn't, I wasn't the leader yet. There were, we still had Odell and JC on the defense, um, and I was trying to tell the DBs like, "Hey, fellas, it's not over yet." We might, we might have to go out for one more drive. And Odell looked up at the scoreboard, looked back at me, and was like, nah, little bro, we won. And uh, we won, and the game was over. And I looked back at Odell to, to go give him a big hug, and he was actually on the ground, on the turf. He was crying. He was so happy. And uh, that's, I think that's when it hit me. And I was like, wow, we're, we're, we did it. We won. You worked so hard to get there. And it, that's the thing. I know we've talked a lot about it, you know, this week with the hockey team. You go through a whole series, uh, a season, mm-hmm. and then you go through three rounds of the playoffs. And before you can prove yourself again, you got to go through a whole year. You got to do it all over again. It's, it's, the journey is so long in pro sports to get to where you want to get all the time. It is, it is extremely hard 
to make it to the playoffs, and then it's even that much harder to make it to the Grey Cup and then win the Grey Cup. You know, like you said, you got to train all off season to be in the best shape possible. You got to make it through training camp. You got to get hot at the right time. You got to avoid injuries at the right time. You've got to ex- you're going to have to battle adversity all year long. So when you finally get to that point and you win that Grey Cup and you're drinking out of it in the locker room, it makes it all worth it. But it's so hard to get back there. It's extremely hard, uh, but it's worth it. And I mean, I, I honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's been what seven years, right? Yeah, You're still trying to get still back trying there. to chase another one, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you uh, went to BC uh, in for two years ago, I guess. Take, 20, out, take out the the pandemic year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was that a tough decision for you to? It was to, to leave Edmonton at the time. I, obviously, BC's it's close to home, right? right? Family can see you more. You yeah. can see them more. Mm-hmm. That's obviously important. Yeah, it was a tough decision um, because I've always felt like Edmonton was my second home. But I was at a, a point in my career where I felt like I was trying to make the best decision uh, for my family. And um, I can say now, looking back on it, hindsight, it's always twenty twenty, right? Uh, I wasn't happy with the decision after I made it. It, it, it obviously didn't end up working out for that decision, but it led me right back to where I've always wanted to be, right? So um, you don't know until you know. I wouldn't have known if I never went. Um, but but I'm back now, and, and it, I think it's led me back – to where I am. And you got a redo. Which exactly. Is, which is great. Yeah. I, yeah. Not the first time you left Edmonton for another team. You did it to, to head to the NFL as well. Yeah. Uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, you got to play a couple regular mm-hmm. season games, right? Yeah. What was that experience like? Uh, that was crazy. Um, Cause that was the childhood dream, right? Uh, growing up in Seattle, having the Seahawks there, I wanted to play in the NFL. So when I got the opportunity, you know, you hear about guys leaving and they get signing bonuses to go and, uh, you can go back to my, like I said, I de- decommitted from my dream school because I didn't. They weren't giving me an opportunity to really play. Uh, I came to Canada because they gave me the opportunity to play. Went to Idaho because they gave me the opportunity. Philadelphia offered me a contract with no signing bonus. I could have come back here and got a bigger signing bonus, but I just wanted the opportunity to play in the NFL, and they gave that to me, and it it worked out right. And um, I remember I got an interception in a preseason game. I was at the highest of highs in my football career when I separated my AC joint. On the play, right? On the it was play. right at the back of the end zone, yeah. right? As I recall, I remember yeah. seeing the highlights. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, well, I'm going to get cut now. You know, but they promised me they'd bring me back after uh, a bunch of legal stuff you have to go through in the NFL. And sure enough, they brought me back and I was able to play. Uh, I was active for two games that year and on the practice roster for the rest of them. But being in those games, I, I remember my very first game was against the Atlanta Falcons and Julio Jones was on the field. And trying not to be a fan, like, right? Trying to be a competitor, but also take the moment in, right? Like, my, my wife and my daughter were there. Their first NFL game they've ever been to happened to be the first one I was playing in ever. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Memories that'll last a lifetime for sure. Did you get matched up against him at all? No, I was only playing special teams in the yeah, game. Okay. But I was watching him from the sideline yeah. like, damn, like, okay, I, I see why he is who he is. Like, he's, he's really like that. Football's cruel sometimes. Eh? I mean, you, you play your heart out, you're playing well, you get an interception, you get hurt on the play, and next thing you know, I'm going to get cut. Yeah. It's it's hard, isn't it, to, to get to where you want to get and, and be successful and stay healthy, and every, everything's got to fall into place for you a lot of times. Absolutely. Like what we just talked about is winning the championship. Everything has to fall in place at the right time for these things to work, and it's a really tough business to be a part of. But when you do things like win a Grey Cup, 
or become an all-star or you get out in the community like Edmonton and the fans embrace you and, and you get to have conversations with little kids. I mean, it's a tough business to be a part of, but it's one of the most rewarding things that you can be a part of as well. Getting set to start the regular season uh, tomorrow in Vancouver against the BC Lions. Uh, you've gone through this training camp with Chris Jones. Uh, you went through a few training camps with Chris Jones back in 14 and 15. How different is he now? Has he mellowed? <laughs> right. No, he's still got that competitive edge. Um, training camp is, yeah, I think it was a lot of the same from what I remember. The only thing different was I'm a little bit older. So those double barrels and those, it was a little bit tougher, um, but it was worth it, right? Uh, I think it'll be worth it. It'll pay off. Um, but Jones is good, man. He's back. Uh, I, I will admit, he's probably mellowed a little bit. There's some days where it was like, okay, I've been running these guys into the ground. Let's throw him a pool day. So we went and had a pool day. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was cool, man. The, the guy, if you bust your butt for him, you know, and you do what he expects of you, he's going to take care of you off the field. And that's exactly what he showed this training camp. Tomorrow's game in BC, it's going to be the first BC-Edmonton game in 12 years that Michael Riley's not going to be involved in it. Uh, first one since 2013 uh, that you won't be in a game with Michael Riley in it when they, when they play the, the BC Lions. So what's your memories of, of Riley? Damn, you just aged Mike, didn't you? <laughs> Michael, if you're hearing, you are old. He's <laughs> uh, retired, come on. <laughs> nah, uh, my memories of Mike, uh, first and foremost, one of the like best leaders I've been around. You know what I mean? You talk about a guy who he had so much of a name surrounding him because of his on-field play, but he didn't he didn't always exercise his right to speak, right? He only spoke when he felt like he needed to, right? A guy who, as a quarterback, was trying to run over people before, instead of running out of bounds, right? Those kind of guys you, you want to play for, right? A warrior, a true competitor, and, and somebody who you knew he gave everything he had when he left that field. Um, and kind of a guy that you look at and like, I want to, I want to mimic my career after people like that. That's what I remember about Mike, man, just his locker room presence and his on-field presence just being kind of unmatched at times. He had a tough ending to his career. I mean, Mm -hmm. he went to BC and he got, he got, he took hits in Edmonton. Yeah. He got beat up in BC. Yeah. 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 I want to say I was there in 2019 and I mean, rumors were that like he was on pace for getting sacked the most in a single season or something like that at one point. It was till he got hurt here. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Didn't you get hurt in that game too here? Yeah, I did my ACL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a good not a good day. <laughs> not a good day indeed. All right. Um excited about this year? Like I mean, you get it rolling, you've gone through the preseason. I know you didn't play much in the preseason. You mm-hmm. get kind of nicked up a little bit in the game you did play. Uh what's your excitement level at? Do you still get you still get jacked up for even though as you you you're the uh you're the old guy as you said yourself, right? <laughs> so, do you still get jacked up and excited for the start of the season? I do. I actually so this is the fun part, right? Training camp, that's the part you got to grind through mentally to get to the but if you once you make it to this part, once you make that roster and you're in week one, the excitement is, I mean, I didn't even sleep last night. I'm, I can't wait to be the first one. I wasn't the first one today, by the way, but I was trying to be. I mean, I can't wait to be the first one in the locker room today. Um, yeah, honestly, even in the preseason game, I had butterflies before the game, you know, and I was telling my, telling my family, like, when these butterflies go away, then maybe I'll retire. 
but they're still here and they're strong. The excitement, you get goosebumps thinking about week one. I mean, it, it doesn't go away. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not ready for that yet, though. So Game days are special, right? They are. As long as they're special, you're going to keep going. Right? Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with the red zone, which is uh, three questions to get you out of here. Aaron, appreciate your time today. Uh, first CFL game you ever saw? Probably one that I played in, a preseason game. The first one I remember playing was a home game here, 2013 against Saskatchewan. I think it was the first game of the season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most memorable football game you've ever been a part of? And this could be in the stands, on the field, whatever. It could be when you're a kid, NFL, CFL. Great Cup 2015. I would never forget the confetti dropping on the field, my wife being there, drinking out of – I mean, how do you top that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Grimes has had a tough day. What's your favorite place to go, your favorite thing to do to go and unwind? I, I got to talk to my kids. Them, them two little girls, <laughs> they drive me crazy, but they get, they make me laugh. They make me laugh. So I got to be around family. I got to be around the locker room. I, you get tough news all the time in, in pro sports. Go in the locker room, I mean, we're all here doing what we love to do. So jokes are flying. Somebody's going to make you feel good. All right, Aaron. You're not single-handedly doing it, but you're bringing back the bucket hat, which is uh, kind of cool. You got the bucket brigade going this bucket year? Bucket hat brigade. It's bucket hat season. Everybody go get your bucket hats. I'm sure the Elks website can uh, help you out uh, with that. Aaron, thanks for your time, man. Good luck this year. Of course. Look forward to watching you play. Appreciate it. All right. That is uh, Aaron Grimes, defensive back for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Don't forget, like, subscribe, maybe comment once or twice as well uh, on the uh, Antler Up uh, podcast. Uh, We're going to come back in a week's time with another episode for you. In the meantime, you got a game to watch tomorrow or listen to. Uh, It's on TSN. It's on 630 Chad, the Elks in Vancouver to play the BC Lions. Uh, His name's Aaron Grimes. My name's Morley Scott. Have a great week, everybody. Antler Up Edmonton. Touchdown Elks. James Wilder Jr.'s got a pair. Oh, he's got a man wide open. Mike Jones has it inside the 10. He'll walk the dog to the end zone. Antler up Edmonton. Touchdown Elks.